Alrighty, we're underway. G'day guys and welcome to episode 006 of the Bradley J Driver Experience. I'm your host Bradley Driver. By now, hope you know to call me Brad. Today I'm here with a guy, he's a Muay Thai champ. You'd see the belts on the front of the table there. We've got WBC, Aussie champ, state champ. Just a very good guy as well. Um, Dave, how are you man? Yeah, good man. Cheers for that. Yeah, um... I yeah, just want to say again, man, thanks for giving us the opportunity to come on no and problem, brother. have a chat. Yeah, like I've been saying to a bunch of people lately, you know, Muay Thai, it's a growing sport, you know, we're still building, but we're definitely on our way. So to get an opportunity to come on a platform like this, um, 100%. yeah, definitely appreciate it. And um, yeah, man, let's I get appreciate you it. being yeah. here, man. Yeah, for sure. And it's, it's interesting for me, I'd seen probably being in the Muay Thai space and doing just training for a little bit of fun myself in the last six yep. months. I see photos pop up, I search a little bit more, and I've seen your face around a lot. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it was interesting, when we started filming this podcast and there was an opportunity to get you on, I jumped at it straight away because I knew you'd be great to have on. Yeah, yeah. You've got a very good story. You're still very young to be holding this many belts. You're 23? 23, yeah. Just turned 23 last October, so... um, Yeah, nice. Same age as me. Yeah, yeah. So, like, I still feel like, you know, still feel like I'm still very young in the sport. You know, I've been doing... I've been doing Muay Thai now for about seven years fighting for about six so it is a you know it's a few years but i still feel like i'm still growing i've still got so much more to give and learn and um yeah in the sport man you're like you always you're always growing you're always learning so i still feel like i got heaps long way to go so um yeah man i'm excited that's awesome yeah that's awesome to hear and so tell me i think for most people and i could be wrong here most people I speak to in the Muay Thai space didn't always begin in Muay Thai. Yeah. Um, tell me about your story. When did you first put a set of gloves on? And Yeah, yeah. so I actually originally started um, downtown gym here in Wollongong Reflex Centre. So uh, that was more like a more kickboxing, martial arts. They did um, BJJ, um, stick fighting. They did a whole bunch of things. And I think I started that when I was about 10, 11 years old. Yeah. Um, and I did that for about five years and yeah, at the time, you know, I was, I was absolutely loving it, you know, yeah, just nice. being in the gym, like, you know, every other day, um, just being around all the guys and a lot of older people as well. So I had a lot of good role models coming up early on. Um, and yeah, at the time I was loving it, you know, I had goals of becoming a black belt and just loved being in, in the gym. It was something different as well. Cause I grew up playing soccer. Um, okay. I, I played soccer for about, oh maybe six, six, seven years or so. So uh, it was just completely different, you know, going from a team sport to like all of a sudden you're sort of, you know, I wasn't fighting at the time, but it's more, you know, you're by yourself, you're in the gym, you've got to push yourself. you got your trainers, but it's sort of up to you to Definitely. push yourself along. And um, yeah, early on that was, um, it was a good start for me looking back now. I wasn't really fight training or anything like that, but it sort of gave me that good base and that foundation um, looking back. So um yeah, I did that for about five years, five or so years. Um, but it wasn't until I moved to South Australia. Um, my dad was working over there at the time. So, you know, we all just decided as a family to pack up and move yep. over there to all be together and um, just happened to find a Muay Thai gym um, by chance. And I said, yeah, well, you know, I'll give it a go. And first session, just absolutely loved it. Just the, the difference, um, the power and the speed and... The physicality of the sport was was something I've never never experienced down here um, at Reflex Centre, and it just it just took me back and sort of blew me away right from the start. And after the first session, I was like, "Yeah, wow, this is 
this is what I want to do. Yeah. Muay Thai is one of those sports, I think, because there's so much to it, like eight, eight limbs, as yeah. they say. There's such a complexity to being a good Muay Thai fighter that I think the skill set and the actual journey of requiring the skill set is what makes it so interesting. Yeah, yeah. Like, it is like a, a specialist um, combat sport. You know, MMA, you got you know, boxing, kickboxing, Muay Thai, Jiu-Jitsu, all those things. Whereas Muay Thai, it's just stand-up, but you do have the clinch game as well. So, you know, from your punching and your kicking, your elbows, and then you have um, the clinch game as well, which is like a whole different ball game again. Yeah. So there is so much to learn as well, but it is a specialist um, combat sport. Um and then yeah, just the, just the physicality and the and the fitness was something I've never yeah never experienced before when I was training down here. So um yeah, I just remember being really taken back, and I was like, yeah, wow, this is that's awesome. Yeah, this is this is crazy. So um yeah, ever ever from that first session, I was just yeah completely hooked and gave me gave me a new sort of um, insight into you know something something I've never seen before. You know, so it was like yeah, exactly. wow, I've sort of missed out on this and. Yeah, it just sort of took off from there. Yeah. And when was your first fight? Um, I was training for about, so I trained for about a, maybe eight months down there. And then my trainer approached me and said, "Oh, do you want to fight?" And I was like, "Oh yeah, you know, we'll give it a go." Um, so I was getting ready for my first fight, and I actually broke my arms, sparring, getting ready for my first fight. So that sort of pushed things back, you know, six months or so. Yeah. Um, but I ended up having my first fight. Uh, March 2013 it would have been um, and that was actually on my trainer's Justin his name was Justin Fennell he ran a show um, in the town um, small town that we lived in um, called Shinza Steel so that was cool to have my first fight you know on my trainer's show have all your schoolmates there and, yeah exactly um, it was really cool because it was only it's a really small town like well there's only like I think it's like 25,000 people so it's real real small town about four hours from Adelaide so um okay. Yeah, real close knit, and have like all your schoolmates there, and everyone everyone sort of knows each other. So to sort of yeah. get that support. Did you know your opponent? I did. He was from Adelaide, so okay. um, I didn't know I didn't know him at the time, but um, yeah, I was just I just remember being really excited just to get in there, you know, put on a show for your mates, and, like you're young, you want to you want to sort of like even like show off the to, a, of it, to yeah. a sort of degree, you know, like you're young, you want to like put on a show for everyone, and yeah, I remember being really excited and just pumped to get in there yeah for my first fight yeah what's it feel like for you personally stepping in there on that first fight and you check that first kick or yeah like that first punch i remember i remember being so excited i just wanted i just wanted to i was so hungry to get in there like but i and the fight went was so quick like your first because you don't know what you're sort of in for um you don't know what to expect you have you have sort of an idea what you because i've watched fights before but until you're in there it's like you don't, you don't know, you don't, you don't know um, what to expect. So um, I just remember the fight. Obviously, it was a while, it was a few years ago now, but I just remember the fight being really, really quick. It just flew by, and I remember being so tired, you know, because it's like you can be as fit as you want, um, training and like before the fight, but once you get in there, you have, you know, the adrenaline, the nerves, um, anxiety, all those things um, built into one. You Even your breathing patterns would change. Yeah, yeah. Oh, it's um, it's a lot to deal with, especially when you don't know. Sort of, you've never done it before. Yeah. So, um, and that and that just comes with experience as well. Each fight, you get better at dealing with it, and um, yeah, it's all learning, man. Yeah, each fight, you deal with it a lot better. And how many fights have you had? I've had forty fights now. Forty fights. Yeah. Thirty wins. I've had 30 wins, uh, two draws, eight losses uh, with 10 KOs. Yeah. When did your first loss come? 
it was my fourth fight was my first loss. Um, so that was on a show. So my first fight was in Wyala and then the three fights after that were on the same show. Okay. So I sort of had a little bit, of, and that was in Adelaide. So I sort of had a bit, bit of a following in Adelaide after those two fights in a row. Then the third fight... Um, just ran into a, a lot more experienced boy. He was a lot taller. He was a man. At that stage, I was still 16. So I was yeah, okay. I was a kid fighting men pretty still much. Still developing, yeah. Still developing. And this guy had a few more fights. He was, had that bit of man strength when, you know, I was still a bit of a kid. Um, but again, you know, it's sort of fighting those older, stronger guys. It sort of helped, helped me build that character and that toughness. 100%. And, you know, looking back now, it's sort of, I'm real thankful for those early days, you know, starting off a bit younger and even just training with like older guys, heavier guys, a lot more experience. It really ingrained that toughness and that sort of, you got to rise above that adversity sort of yeah, thing. Yeah, definitely. Um, How so did you take the first loss? It was tough, you know, like yeah. sort of, you know, especially as a kid, you know, and like, especially like, you know, with UFC these days and boxing, it's like, oh, you know, to have that zero gone next to your name especially early on in your career, it's sort of like, oh, it's the end of the world. But in Muay Thai especially, you know, you, a lot of the times you're getting the best guys fighting the best guys, especially at that higher level. Yeah. So you got to take those losses. You know, in Thailand, you, you'll see the best fighters in, in the world and in Thailand, you know, having, you know, 50 plus losses because these guys are having like 400 fights yeah. plus on their record. So eventually you got to lose, you know. So, yeah. you know, at the, de- at the end of the day, you know, no one wants to lose. It always sucks. But, um, you know, when you, f- you want to be fighting those best guys, if you're avoiding the best guys and only taking easy fights, then you're not going to improve. You're not going to develop, yeah. which is and at I the end of the day, that's what you want to do. You learn from your losses, right? And there would have been so many things you take away from that yeah. character-wise and, and skill-wise. 100%, yeah. So looking at your 40 fights now, is there one where... When did you actually turn pro? How many fights in? Yeah, so I turned pro, I think it was my 12th fight. I just turned 18. So like, I think it's Australia wide now. You need to be 18 to turn pro. Okay. I, I might be wrong, but at the time you needed to be 18 or might have been Melbourne. So I had my first pro fight in Melbourne. And I think the rules at the time was yet to be 18. So it was literally like a week after I turned 18. So um, Amazing feeling. Yeah, it was, it was a bit... It was, it was different, but sort of the same. Obviously, you didn't have headgear on, no elbow pads or anything like that. So all the gear came off. But um, yeah, I remember my first profile. I actually stepped up. So I usually fight at 76 kilos. Yeah. I ended up taking a fight at 84. Like this dude was, you know, just a giant. Like had, yeah. had so much height on me. You know, I think I weighed in at like 82 and a half. Yeah. This guy was cutting weight down to 84. So probably he's, he's probably come in a couple of kilos oh, heavier I've, I've no doubt he would have been... 90 plus kilos on, yeah. easily 90 plus kilos on the night so this guy this guy was he was a big guy um but uh yeah the fight the fight went all right like he didn't he was just scoring and sort of out just keeping me at the end of his jab and yeah. end of his kick so he wasn't really doing too much damage uh but he was just racking up the points i was just it was just so hard for me to get in just because of the height difference yeah um but yeah i, I remember like busting his leg up pretty badly and at the end of the fight he could he could barely stay up on his legs, so it was five five by two minute round fight. Um, yeah. We were hoping to get three minute rounds, so I, I've no doubt if it went an extra even minute, um, yeah. I would have stopped him with leg kicks. But you know it's it's all good. Um, and yeah, looking back at you know first fight going down to Melbourne, seeing all yeah. that and being a part of that was massive. It was really cool. But yeah, again you know 
winning, winning's cool. Like you always want to win, but at the same time, if you take a loss, there's still plenty of positives you can get out of it, and yeah. um, still heaps you can grow. And yeah, it's all about those experiences. At the end of the day, I was watching this morning. I, if anyone follows me on IG, I shared on my story your first fight in Rebellion. On Rebellion, yeah, 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 yeah. And great fight. Yeah, awesome was, fight. Yeah, it was cool, man. Like. Yeah, like we've been trying to like because rebellion. If anyone doesn't know, rebellion is probably the um the biggest and the best uh, Muay Thai show in the country by far. Yeah. Um, and they're even like recognised around the world as as a as a top level promotion. So yeah, you know, Sai the promoter, he's been trying to get me on for a few years now, just uh, with a few like timing. Like, a couple of times I've been matched when he's asked to get me on, and a couple couple fights have sort of fallen through. So it's never it's just never worked out timing wise. Um, and I remember, you know, I just fought in April of 20, 2018, um, pulled up pretty good, not too bad, got straight yeah. back into training. It was about three weeks out from his show and he, I got a message from my trainer saying, oh, so I want you to fight in rebellion in three weeks. And that's sort of, it's not too late minute, but usually you'll get a bit more notice for a yeah. fight. But I was like, straight away said, yes, you know, we've been, we've been waiting, for, right? waiting for this opportunity for so long and. It was actually funny. The guy ended up fighting. I got tagged in um, a big knockout video that he's one of one of his knockouts that yeah. went viral. I kept hearing the commentators say the dude had serious yeah. knockout power. Yeah, yeah. So th- this guy, this guy has had, you know, he's had about thirty fights with like, I think he had twenty one wins with twenty KOs. Yes. So he, big knockout puncher. It was funny because I got tagged by a mate on Facebook with a, a big elbow knockout of his that went viral. Yeah. And I was like, t- yeah, commented on it saying, oh, yeah, that was crazy. And a few days later, we matched the fight. Yeah. So it was just crazy how that worked. And funnily and enough, you finish him with an elbow. Yeah. So just that, just the way that all played out was pretty crazy in itself. But, um, yeah, just, just going into that fight, you know, the, sort of the story was, you know, when's Luca going to knock David out and all of this. And um, so to go in there, like, you know, first fight on Rebellion yeah. after all these years trying to get on and, um, to put put Looker away the way I did, him being the knockout artist was um, yeah, it was crazy. So, tell me, amongst your fights, is there a fight that stands out to you, not just for a win or for that sort of thing, but the opportunity it was where you competed? Yeah, um, I would say probably that Looker fight, but one definitely one that sort of sticks out was the second fight in Rebellion against um, a tire called Compact Lake Fairtex. Which um, Fairtex, a lot of people are probably familiar with Fairtex. They're yeah. a massive brand, um, Muay Thai brand. They have a massive gym in Thailand. Produced a lot of champions over the years. So um, Compact Collect was a is a former Raja Stadium champion, which is like the pinnacle of yeah. titles you can win. Um, in is Thailand. that in Bangkok? That's in Bangkok. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So he's you know former Raja champion, former WBC world champion, 150 plus fights. So like this guy was a legit tire. So to get the opportunity to fight him on rebellion in my home country was um was pretty crazy. It's amazing, yeah. So um and just to be in there with someone of that experience and that caliber was yeah, was a massive opportunity and I'm really very grateful to the guys down at Rebellion and Desire for giving me that opportunity. Um, you know, that fight I didn't win, I lost on close points, but you know, just just to be in there with someone of that caliber, like that's a you know, you you don't get any higher than that. So definitely, um, yeah, was really grateful for that opportunity and just lear- learning so much as well. Moving around with someone like that, um, yeah, that's definitely one that sticks out with, to me as well. Have you spent much time over there in Thailand? In Thailand, yeah, yeah. So I first went to Thailand um, 
November of 2014, just just for a couple of weeks, just to introduce me to it and all of that. And yeah, loved it, just loved it. So I've been going back, usually get back for a few weeks to a month every year around the yep. end of the year. Um, just with work and that, it's got it's pretty hard to get out there. But you know, the last couple of years I've went out for a month stint. And then I've just gotten back from a three-month stint um, in January. So nice. Yeah. That How was, was the experience this time around? Yeah, the extra bit of time was awesome. You know, yeah. you can sort of settle in a bit more because when you go for like a week or two weeks, it's sort of like you rock up, the tide will kill you for a week, then you fight, then yeah. like the trip's over. You know, so to have that three months, settle in, get used to the training, and then enjoy the training a bit more as well. Yeah. Um, was really cool. And then obviously, you know, you're there for a lot longer, so you get more fight opportunities and. Um, just embrace the culture a bit more as well. Definitely. Um, so yeah, that was yeah. The three months was was re- was really good. I'm happy I took that time to to go out there. Yeah. How much different is it training there to to here? Oh, massive, massive. Like I say, I say to a lot of people, like I don't think I think Thailand, I don't think Thailand's <coughs> like the be or end all of getting good training. Like you can get good training in Australia, yeah. But the difference is in Thailand. Um, there's no distractions. You can just focus on Muay Thai 100%. Yeah. You don't have to worry about work or family commitments or any of those sort of responsibilities. It's a simple life, isn't it? Yeah. Because well, they live and breathe it. Yeah, it's like, you know, you, you stay at the gym, um, you, you got a room like in, in the gym, so, you know, you just sleep at the gym, wake up, train, train twice a day, eat, sleep, yeah. and that's your life, you know. You don't have to worry about anything else. So just to have that 100% commitment on your training um you just level up so quick like yeah. i say like a week in thailand like a month or two months anywhere else you know just because the amount of training you're doing yeah and you don't have to worry about anything else just pure volume isn't it yeah yeah it's just and just moving around with like high level guys not just the tires but just like high level guys from all around the world as well yeah so you're around that 24 7 you gotta level up you know 100 so, percent, you um, do yeah, so if you want to, that's that's the best way to do it as well, I think, because you know, over in Australia, you, you can get good training here, like I said, but um, in Thailand, it's just one hundred percent Muay Thai. Yeah. So whereabouts do you train in Thailand? Is it consistently going back to the same gym? Or? Yeah, I travelled the first year. I travelled a little bit around, but I just kept going back to the same place called Kiat Pontier, which is um, a gym just outside of Bangkok. So they're more like an old school sort of gym. They're not like nothing flash or crazy new equipment or anything like that but um just gotten on with all the all the all the ties there all the trainers um the training's always been good always had good opportunities and just just all the ties it's a real family orientated gym you know you looked after really well they treat the foreigners the same as the ties like you you you'll hear sometimes you'll go to a gym and you know there's sort of a split between the ties and the foreigners um so to just just to be treated and to get that same respect as the ties it's it's pretty cool. Yeah, hundred um, percent. You're so, and you feel a part of their culture. For the yeah, time yeah. There. Like every time I go there, like the the tires go out of their way to welcome you and really try to make you feel a part of the family. Really, so definitely to be in a foreign country and to get that, it's it's awesome. Yeah. yeah. Talk to me about obviously Muay Thai. You know, we look at these days today, massive UFC card. On. Yep. And I've spoken to a few boys in the Muay Thai space about this. That promotion has gone crazy, as has most of the MMA promotions now. Yeah. There's obviously not a lot of money in Muay Thai at the moment. How hard is it juggling professionally fighting mm. as well as working? Yeah, it is. It's hard. It's hard. You know, like I said before, like, Muay Thai is still growing. Like, it's not a massive, you know, it doesn't have a lot of 
media spotlight or sponsors and stuff like the cover coverage and stuff like that so we're still growing it is getting better um now we've won championships sort of really blowing up over the really the last two years i would say it's gotten a lot bigger so there's start there's starting to be a little bit of a pathway for us to sort of you know get more exposure you know they're they're starting to really one starting to really push it online now and so as with social media has gotten a lot bigger these days as well it's gotten a bit better but um yeah i think it's on its way like it's it's definitely still growing but um the last couple of years i've seen a bit of a rise in um and attention for the muay thai guys so hopefully with one it can keep pushing and definitely keep um getting us some more opportunities to get out there i know there's i know i've, I've heard talks of them trying to break into the um, american market to try and compete with the yeah. ufc um so hopefully when that happens it can just bring more eyes to the sport and, definitely um even come come to a show in australia because one's got heaps of top level guys um signed at the moment from australia so they could easily do a show down here that'd be um, awesome but yeah like it's it's funny like you'll see like because one i don't know if a lot of people are familiar with one but they do they have um mma kickboxing and muay thai fights all on the same card and you know you'll be watching it and like a lot of the times the muay thai fights is just like banger of fights and it's like absolute wars so for, for me as a, as a muay thai guy or even like any other person that's just watching the card say if they're watching an mma fight and they're sort of waiting and this muay thai fight comes on and it's like banger of a fight and like oh like what's it gets this in here? The boots. it gets a, it, so it's good to have all these different um disciplines on the same card because it brings all these all these um audiences to the one show and it it just it's it, Everyone sort of wins, I guess. It's sort of, yeah, it brings you know, more exposure to all of them. I'm a massive Joe Rogan fan. I love his yeah, podcast yeah. as well. Hopefully one day Joe's fucking sitting on the show too. That'd be crazy, yeah. But I, I watch his and he speaks about it a lot. The popularity of mm. the UFC is insane. However, you sit in a pub, and I'm going to go sit in a pub today and watch the Adesanya Romero fight yeah. and, and, and catch a couple of fights. And the minute it goes to the ground... The whole pub goes, stand up. Oh, man. Throw some punches, kick. What are you going to the ground for? Oh, man. Yet, there's no support from the same people for your Muay Thai organisations, even kickboxing organisations. And I've heard Joe have a lot of guests on on the channel, like yourself, who compete strictly in that pure form. It's hard to get your head around. Oh, 100%, man. And for me, it's like so frustrating, like... Like I'll get out to the pub every now and again to watch if there's a big UFC fight on. Like I'm not, the, I'm not the massive, massive UFC fan. But if there's a big fight like Adesanya, I'm a fan of his. So I might go and watch his. And then, like as you said, the minute it goes to the ground, people are booing. They, they're not as interested. In it. And as a Muay Thai, I'm just like, why, why aren't you watching Muay Thai? Like these, these guys are just standing toe to toe, throwing down and like. Giving it everything, I'm just like they don't, they just don't get that exposure, and that's all it is. There's just not enough exposure for it. Um, you know, the USC's done well. Like even like 10, 10 or so years ago, USC was nowhere near where it is now, no, but they've had not. that backing um, and had a lot of money thrown at it, I suppose. Yeah. So they've built up over the years, and, and they are where they are now. So hopefully, Muay Thai with one as well can sort of get there one day eventually, and you know, fingers crossed, it does. But uh, yeah, as a Muay Thai guy, and I, and I, and I see that, it's, it's very frustrating because I'm just like, I know how good Muay Thai fights are. And then when you go and watch a, a USC fight and sort of like the stand-up's not as good. And then the, when it goes to the ground, people are booing and 
carrying on and not yeah. liking it. It's sort of frustrating for me because it's like, you know, there's Muay Thai fights over here and they're just, just giving it everything, so. See, I, don't, I appreciate the ground game too, but I'm, yeah, I'm more sure. of a stand-up guy. For sure, yeah, yeah. Um, in terms of enjoying watching it. And as you said, UFC's put a lot of money into their promotion. But if you look at their history, the fight that blew them up as, a, as an organisation was Forrest Griffin, Stefan Bernard. I've heard that, yeah. And that yeah. fight was pure stand-up yeah, yeah, brawl. Yeah. And I'm that's like, what, that's I'm, what I'm scratching my head trying to figure it out. More. Yeah. So yeah. I think it, hopefully, like you said, I think the exposure of social media yep. these days will definitely help. I know definitely. I see a lot of gyms in Thailand getting on the front foot with actually promoting these training camps yeah. through YouTube. Oh, it's the way now with social media, you know, yeah. 100%. And it's the only way to grow the sport. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Just more exposure, more yeah. eyes. And yeah, because like I, I get the question a lot, oh, you ever thinking about going to MMA? Well, it's like, for me, like, I love stand-up and I love Muay Thai. When I when I look at the ground game, it like, it doesn't really do nothing. I don't, you know, I've got no interest in it, to be honest, where yeah. I see a Muay Thai fight, my heart starts racing, you know, I, like, I'm just so passionate about, like, Muay Thai and just seeing two guys just throwing down. Whereas, like, I see, like, don't get me wrong, I respect the ground game, I respect jiu-jitsu and all of that, and um, I can understand it, and if pe- that's what people are doing. It's like, you know, I support that and all that, but it just, for me personally, it just doesn't, doesn't do nothing for me. So to try and push myself to, like, learn the ground game just to get to UFC because of the money... Like, obviously, everyone wants to make money and all of that, but if you're not passionate about it, you're not, you're not going to get up in the morning. You're not going to... You know That's what I mean? That's the thing. So, yeah. yeah. We spoke I, about this before we got on the mic. Yeah, If yeah. you're really enjoying something that makes you happy, it makes it easy. Oh, 100%. The training's always going to be hard, but if the discipline's easy, yeah. that makes the difference. Yeah. All of a sudden, you know, you're, you're finding that extra bit of energy. You know, you want to get to train. You're racing to get to train instead of it's a chore. And then it starts breaking you down, like mentally as well. It'll start yeah. breaking you. So you got you just got to love what you're doing and be happy with what you're doing. At the end of the day, I think. So obviously, Definitely. we all want to make money, and and I want to be a part of Muay Thai getting bigger and helping Muay Thai get big. So fingers crossed, we can we can get there one Definitely, day. Man. Yeah. And guys, just before we go on with the show, a quick word and a first time for us, a quick word from our first sponsors. Um, we're going to crack on with the episode in 30 seconds time, but we want to thank our sponsors, Aboveline Security Solutions. Aboveline was actually started here in my hometown of Wollongong. The owner and director, Anthony, not only a great human, but a very good businessman. They provide services in crowd control, static guards, function security, and corporate security, all with a quality guarantee. So every guard at Aboveline... It was all about being created to rival the competitors and beat them in their trade. The guards are actually monitored through a security KPI report to guarantee that the staff are trained and skilled in the areas that your business actually needs and to ensure they're at the top of their game all the time. You can actually go and head to AboveLineSecuritySolutions.com to find out a little bit more. But back to the show now. Man, tell me, is there... I'm always... I love a good story. Yeah. And the idea of this podcast and why it was created, I think stories and conversations are powerful. Yeah, It can change your life for the better. I think with any athlete, there's got to be a moment in your career where you face a little bit of adversity and you go, maybe I should stop. Yeah. Do I keep going? Has there ever been a moment for you amongst those 40 fights where... Definitely, yeah. You had to make a decision? Yeah, for sure. Like, 
Because it's a roller coaster, you know, you're going to have those ups and those downs, you know, you're going to take losses and wins. So it's, it's definitely, it's definitely up and down, you know, so um, I probably had that, you know, you're always going to have those off days as well, where you're feeling a bit tired or your, your body's sore, especially in this sport, you know, there's always something, some little niggle. So you always have those little sort of doubts, um, thoughts running through your head, or oh, is this worth it? Or why am I doing this? But you sort of, like for me, I always come back to, you know, I want to chase that feeling of that getting my hand raised and all that sort of thing. Um, and obviously I still have a lot of goals I still want to achieve in this sport. But I probably seriously hit a point last year um, coming off a couple big losses um, and as well two, two fights that a lot of people backed me to win as well. Um, sort of underperformed, um, sort of went in there with sort of the wrong mindset and just not fired to the best of my ability. And to be honest, I sort of really didn't want to be there. You know, um, the year prior I had a massive year, um, a lot of fights back to back. And I guess I was feeling a little bit burnt out to, to a degree. Yeah. Um, and towards the back end of 2018, I was sort of, sort of thinking about having a bit of a break just to sort of freshen up and recharge. And then I got offered these two big fights and I was like, me being me, it's like, it's hard to say no. I yeah. said, yeah, all right, we'll do it. You know, you can't say no, it's a big opportunity. Um, so sort of just getting ready for those fights, sort of having those sort of thoughts in my head and like, don't get me wrong, I still wanted to be there. I still trained hard and I was definitely ready for the fights, but sort of just to have those thoughts in my head, um, sort of, it, I would say looking back now, definitely affected me and, um, and then definitely coming off the back of that second loss, um, I just remember being in the ring because um, I got stopped in the fourth round as well. Um, I just remember, yeah, waiting for the ref, um, referee and judges to make announce their official decision. I just said to my trainer, "I need a break, eh?" Just, just, just yeah. straight out. I was like, "I'm tired." Just tired. any aspect of life, I think, whether it's work, training, competing, you need that. Just that. Yeah. moment to, to walk away and recharge your yeah. head and feel fresh again. Yeah, just just to, yeah, just to recharge and freshen out because like especially the, probably the last two years it's just been non-stop, man. Like we've had, I've had a lot of like big fights and just like back to back as well. Like I'll sort of fight and sort of have like not even a week off and I'm straight back in the training, yeah, you know, getting ready for the next one. So it's just been continuous back to back. There hasn't been really. Um, a moment where I can sort of catch my breath and recharge and just do other things as well, which like I do love Muay Thai and um, like I do love doing it as much as I can, but I just sort of got to a point where it was like, it just got too much yeah. and it started breaking me down mentally as well. And and then again, like we was saying, we work on top of that, you know, yeah. working five days a week all day and then racing to the gym and trying to put 100% energy into my training as well, yeah. knowing how these big fights coming up. It just... Everything all together just got to a point where I was like, all right, I need to need to take a bit of a step back, sort of just get that fire back a little bit and just recharge and reassess and just yeah. have fun with life Definitely. again instead of just like making it a chore to get to training just because I've got a fight coming up. Yeah. So, Do you yeah. take time off work heading into that week of the fight? I usually take fight week off. Yeah. yeah. So fight week off, obviously, you sort of, you want to rest up a bit for the fight, the weight cut, cut that last bit of weight. Um, and then just not have that distraction, thought, that distraction, those thoughts of your head, so you can sort of be a bit more clear-minded going into the fight. Really, really focusing on what you're going to be doing the weekend coming up. Um, 
So yeah, the weight. Sorry, man. Yeah, no, you're right. You're talk, right. No, talk, you're right. Talk to me about the weight cut. Is that yeah. hard for you? Um, like I've done it that many times now. My like my body's used to it. I know what I need to do. Um, my body knows what it sort of takes to to get to that point. I like to start off probably about six weeks. Usually you'll get like at least a six week, six plus weeks notice um, that you have a fight coming up. So I usually like to start like six weeks out. Good diet. Yeah, plenty of water, all that sort of stuff, all that basic stuff, you know. So yeah. I'm stripping weight pretty early, um, getting that body fat down, that body weight down pretty early. And then usually by fight week, you know, I'll have a, I'll have a few kilos to go sort of yeah. thing. Um, and then comes in, you know, carb depletion, sodium, water loading. Um, so that sort of helps me out on fight week. And then those last, that last day or so, sort of, you know, a bit of sweatsuit running, yeah. A little bit of sauna, a little bit of hot bath, nothing too crazy. Um, but I like to be pretty close. By those couple of days out, I like to be sort of a couple, a couple of kilos out sort of thing. What do you walk around at most of the time? I walk around 80, depends what time of year, obviously after, I say this, <laughs> obviously after, after Christmas, Christmas yeah. you get to be a little bit heavier. But I like to walk around 84-ish, 85 so it's, it's not a crazy it's not. It's not like MMA type crazy, um, you know. But it's still... It's a decent amount of weight, but for for this stage of my career now, you know, I've done it that many times, man. Um, my body knows what it takes, and as a fighter, you got to know where to draw that line as well. Yeah, like everyone's different, so you know, I've been doing it for that many years now. I know what my body can take and where I'm feeling good at. Um, but for me as well, like you know, I could fight heavier, but and I have fought a bit at seventy nine the last couple of years. Um, but just running into like these guys at 79 that are a lot bigger, cutting weight from like 90 yeah. plus kilos. I know for a fact if you guys walk around like 90 plus kilos, that fight at 79. So it's like, for me, I'd rather be that bit more stricter those weeks leading up with my diet, um, have that bit more of a sacrifice for your diet and that sort of thing and come in at 76, a bit bit more um, equal size and... Yeah, yeah not, fighting, not fighting these giants, you know. How do you feel coming off the back of a weight cut into fight day? Do you, do you feel personally that you're missing a bit of that 100% that you would have been feeling coming into actually the last week of training? It depends how you prep your body. So for me, I'm a big one of making sure my body's prepped in those weeks leading up. So you're doing the yeah. right thing with your diet. If you leave it all, if you leave all the weight to the last minute, then you've got to be doing, you know, more sweatsuit running more sauna, more yeah. hot baths, and then you'll notice it a lot more come fight day. Yeah. But if your body, if you've prepped your body right, if you've done all the right things, you have a couple of kilos to lose that last couple of days, then you know, you're feeling pretty good. And then the rehydration's a big one as well. You know, if you're jumping off the scale and you know, running off the Maccas or something yeah. like that, you gotta be putting the right stuff back in your body as well. So again, like I've done it that many times, I know what my body needs, I know, What's, what foods are going to be best um, for my recovery leading into fight day. Um, and you got 24 hours as well. For, for m- most, most shows, you have you weigh in the night before. So you have a good 24 hours. And now I'm fighting, usually I'm fighting main event or towards the end of the card. So I'm not fighting until about like 12 o'clock most times. So yeah. I'm getting tw- I'm 24 to 30 hours um, from weighing until I'm actually yeah, fighting. Okay, cool. So there's, there's plenty of time to, you know, refuel the body and rehydrate but you got to be doing it right at the same time as definitely. well yeah is there for you are you are you a routine guy definitely yeah yeah so what does a week of training look like without giving away too much of course yeah elements so, of muay thai strength conditioning cardio yeah, yeah yeah so for me like with work 
I work uh, as a chippy, as a carpenter. So I'm up. So it's, it's funny. Yeah. It's hard, yeah, it's yeah. hard. So I'm like working all day and, um, you know, then racing gym up, gym straight from work. So, um, you know, I warm, warming up, like skipping for like 15 minutes. You'll do your bag work, pads, um, sparring, clinching. Um, you sort of, um, you won't be sparring every day. It'll sort of be every other day and, um, do a lot of do a bit of boxing sparring as well, so it's yeah. sort of good mixing it up with some high level boxers. Yeah, um, I do a lot of bo- sparring down at Forte Boxing Academy in yeah, Albion okay. Park with the boys down yeah, there. So that, yeah, with Nudge, yeah, he's, oh, those guys lovely are lovely. Mark, man. um, Two Sharp Lucas. He's, yeah, he's, I watched Mark fight on the main card down here yeah, long, long last yeah. year. Yeah, so like he's a like high level boxer in Australia at the moment. So to move around with those guys, and it is so different as well. Again, boxing to Muay Thai, but. You know, they've helped, helped me sharp my hands up a lot over the last couple of years. So, yeah, shout out to those guys. They've, they've uh, yeah, really appreciate the help there. Um, so, yeah, sparring, a um, bit of strength and conditioning work throughout the week as well. Lots of running. Like, I'm a big runner, especially with, like, the weight cut again. Yeah. Um, there's, a lot of, there's a lot of different opinions on, on um, long running in Muay Thai. Um, the ties do it a lot. Lots of long running. I've asked this question, I trained with Mitch and Brian, I've asked them about the theory behind that because Mm. you see a lot of top-level athletes in in many sports now trying to disregard that distance, especially high-impact running, Mm. to preserve the body. But it's obviously a tradition in even boxing as well as Muay Thai. And the ties seem to do it. Yeah, in Thailand it's huge. Like the ties sort of say, if you don't run, you don't fight. They're they're massive on it. So like a lot of the old-school gyms will run up to you know 13 k's in the morning and then some gyms wow. will run 10 k's at night whereas some will do 5k at night or some will just skip in the afternoon a lot of these days now the gym i'm training at will do 13 in the morning and then skip for half an hour i don't think i've ever run 13 k's so <laughs> that, it is a lot but like back home i'm probably running about i'll sort of alternate days between like 12 k's and 8 k's so like I, i'm a i'm a big one on running i think i feel like for me it's good to keep get that weight down that bait that base fitness and to build those yeah. legs um so i'm still a firm believer in, in in long running um but then obviously you gotta add in your sprint work as well um but for me as a guy it's, it's, it's good it's it's good for me to get that weight down that's a big one for me okay. the long running um but yeah so long running sparring um the strength and conditioning how important is that for you it's, some, it's something I used to do a lot of a few years ago. Sort of dropped back off it maybe the last year or so. But it's something I'm looking at getting back into again. Yeah, for sure. nice. Especially now fighting those high-level guys, you know. It comes down to all those one percenters, you know. If you're doing a few one percenters here and there, yeah. all of a sudden you've got an extra five percent. And that, that can be the difference between winning and losing. Yeah. And as a fighter, you're still so young. Yeah. So yeah. you don't even have that developed strength that a lot of guys at yeah. closer to 30 years of age have just yeah. with natural progression of yeah, the body yeah, yeah so i think it's it's probably an important part of being able to compete with those stronger yeah, dudes for sure you'd obviously notice that a lot in the clinch as well yeah like the clinch is like it don't it is very technical but you know if you if you got to be a stronger guy and have that technique on top then you know that's what i mean so if you have if you both guys are technical but you have one guy who's a lot stronger then all of a sudden you know yeah, the strength the does balance. play a part it's like it's like I say, a guys, um, you know, if you have two guys who know what they're doing, um, if one's a bit bigger, that's when the weight cut comes into into play. That's why yeah. guys are cutting weight to get that little bit of an edge, you know. Yeah. So, 
Yeah, there's all those little one percenters, man, especially in fight sports. It, it does add up. Yeah. Man, I, I remember probably probably three months ago at training, one of the boys, there was an odd number to yep. clinch. And I was like, oh, I'll give it a crack. I've never done it before. Fuck, oh, I was man. tired, man. Oh, man, yeah. yeah it's, it's just a, a different... You don't expect it because you're not moving as much. Yeah. But even like all around my shoulders, my neck, my chest was just exhausted yeah well it's like we we're talking about before with the mma when the guys go to the ground the crowd will boo it's sort of like that in muay thai when when they go into the clinch people they don't find it as exciting because they don't know they just don't know how hard it actually is and how technical it is yeah you can do a lot of damage in the clinch as well it's actually quite a lot of fun so uh, like for me like it was even even the same as me when i first started i wasn't too big in the clinch but but now like i love it yeah you can do a, a lot of damage inside the clinch and it's just a complete. It's a completely another game. There's so much to it, you know. There's yeah. so much to learn in the clinch. So, as a fighter, obviously everyone's got their strengths. Is there a, a real weapon for you that you come back to in those tougher fights? That yeah, like I think it's no secret. Like I'm a I'm a big low kicker. Like, yeah, I, I noticed that. If you watch a lot of my fights, I'm sort of, I'm, I'm a big low kicker. Elbows have sort of become a big one in the last couple of years. Um, I was, I've been telling a lot of guys lately as well. I've been helping out a lot of guys at the gym lately. And, um, you know, I didn't start cutting guys until maybe maybe my 25th fight. So, and that just comes with experience as well. Because elbows are like a real close range sort of thing. So the timing and the distance really yeah. important when it comes to elbows. And that's something you develop over time as well. Um, so sort of maybe the last year and a half to two years have really started to... Yeah. Um, yeah, get those elbows um, yeah, on nice. point. And, they're, um, they're just, it's like weaponous. Oh, it? they just, you know, out of Muay Thai, the elbows are probably the ones, probably the, the, the weapon that does the most damage, you yeah. know, so they're game changers, you know. And because you, they're so sharp at that point. You can cut people, you know, you, I've seen fights where a guy has, you know, just completely schooled the guy the whole five rounds and then the other guys come back lands at an elbow, cut him the last 30 seconds of the fight, the doctors called it off. Yeah. So it's like, that's what I mean, you know, the elbows are just such game changers. And they're, they're not hard to land when you sort of get that timing, that distance, which does come yeah. with experience. It doesn't take much. You can land an elbow, cut a guy, and it can yeah. change It can change the fight, um, flip it on its head. So yeah, elbow, elbows are a game changer. Yeah. Unreal. Is there is there anything for you, like looking back on those fights, any major injuries, any mm. major like injuries mid fight that you've had to fight through i've been i've been pretty lucky when it comes to injuries probably like the worst one was that arm break but that was yeah. before i even had before my first fight get... besides that I've had, I've had a stress fracture in my ankle just from overuse sort of um yeah over, you're I on your toes a lot skipping a yeah lot, running obviously. skipping knees all that sort of stuff and that that was probably my other major injury i've had a, a couple sort of um minor like a minor calf tear and yeah um Nothing, nothing too crazy. <coughs> nothing to put you out for long. Yeah, long obviously, obviously, like fighting Muay Thai, you cut a bunch of times, and you'll get you know the black eyes and um, banged up shins and banged up yeah. all that sort of stuff. But you sort, of, yeah, all that sort of stuff heals within the week. So I've been pretty lucky um, throughout my career, um, and I look after my body pretty well, I think too. So um, yeah, when it comes to injuries, I've been pretty. Been pretty, yeah, I've had a pretty good run. Yeah. Touch wood, man. That's, yeah, that's good yeah, to hear. So, yeah. That's good to hear. Yeah. So tell me, obviously, you know, we've said it a number of times now. You're so young, 23, same yeah. age as me. I feel like I've not fucking done much listening <laughs> to you. But it's, it's awesome to see because you've got, obviously, so much time up your sleeve. 
What are your goals inside the sport and outside of the sport? Yeah. Looking forward at the next 10 years of your life? Yeah, so obviously yeah, the big one is to win that WBC world title. That's sort of like WBC the last couple of years has really sort of, um, you know, sort of taken the lead of the prestige. Like there's a bunch of, obviously there's a bunch of titles and yeah. belts you can win in Muay Thai. Um, WMC is a big one. But um, sort of the last couple of years, WBC has sort of taken over. There's a lot more promotions under WBC. You know, they've got legit world ranking um, at the moment, WBC. So there's just a lot of opportunity um, in there and um, everyone's just sort of after that big green belt. Um, Who so holds that, it at the moment? It's a, a French French fighter called Hamza Nagato. He's a big, tall, um, lanky, long guy. He just defended it um, this past February against a Russian in, in Phuket, actually. So, um, yeah, that's, that's the one sort of I'm after and that's a big goal of mine to get. Is there get. a time frame that you'd like to have that within? There's, um, without giving too much away, I'll, there's, a, there's a few steps um, sort of in place for me to make a run at that soonish within the next awesome. year or so um and there's going to be for anyone that's listening there's going to be some big announcements from david in the coming weeks yeah yeah definitely definitely that. so there, there's a lot of sort of things at play at the moment and a few changes and things coming my way so um yeah looking forward to it sort of yeah i've got a fight big fight locked in in may um that everyone knows about I'm fighting for the wbc national title um awesome. against stefan lottering on muay thai grand prix over in perth which is a massive show, uh, semi-main event to um, Liam Harrison and Roy, Roy Wills, who are fighting for a nice. WBC Diamond title. So, Liam Harrison, yeah. I've watched the heat. That guy's yeah, he's, a um, mental case. Yeah, he's probably one of my favourite foreign fighters going around at the moment. So to you, fight From to the fight, UK? Yeah, from the UK. So to fight under him will be, be awesome. And just there'll be a lot of eyes on that card Great as experience. well, just for, for Liam. So to be a part of that, it's going to be got to be really cool so um yeah that's a big fight i got coming up at the moment a few other things sort of in play um that i can't really talk about but yeah back end of the year is looking really big with um a few things sort of in the works and so hamza if you're listening watch out brother <laughs> yeah, He's well, on that's his way. A, yeah that's the plan hopefully we can get there um yeah, within the next year or so, that'll be, awesome. be crazy. Yeah. Talk to me about the belts that we've got sitting on the table here. Obviously, yeah. you, you just said WBC. We've got two of them. What do those titles mean to you? What yeah. do you feel like having your hand raised and yeah, that belt wrapped around you in those moments? Yeah, so we got the WMC, which are the green green and, and gold belts, and we got the WBC, which are the big green belts. Um, I'll talk about the WMC ones first. So at the time when I won them, they were, which was about four years ago, the WMC were like the belts to win you know they were like the most prestigious and legit belts you can win so to win that wmc australian title over in perth um against a top level guy at the time that was um that was crazy I actually stopped him in the first round with leg kicks awesome. so to go over there and to um to fight for the wmc australian title which is in it just a fight for that belt yeah was was massive but to go over there and to stop him um, in the first round with leg kicks was yeah, looking back, that's that's a was probably up there top three moments of my career still. Um, something I'm very proud of. How old at that stage were you? I was, oh, I might have been nineteen twenty. Yeah, I would have been about nineteen. I think. Yeah. That's awesome. Hey? Yeah, so still, yeah, still young. Um, but yeah, just to just to win that belt at the time as well when WMC was sort of at, at its height, it was. 
yeah, it was a, it was a massive achievement for me. So yeah, something I'm very proud of to 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 get at that time. You should be, man. Yeah, yeah. So and then we have the yeah the WBC sort of has sort of taken over the past couple of years now. Um, you know, there's a lot of promoters going to WBC. You know, they've got a proper ranking world system now, um, which is updated like I think it's like once a month. So there's there's a lot of growth and building with the WBC at the moment. Um, and I've gone on to win a couple of them belts. I've won the WBC national title and the WBC Oceania title. Um, so yeah, they're, they're two, two legit belts as well. And um, it's sort of, yeah, sort of gotten me to where I am. That must be a feeling, right? That just motivates you so oh, much. Oh man. Just a, How hard is it to, to win one of those yeah. and not go back to the gym the next day? <laughs> Motivated as fuck for the yeah, next thing. It's, uh, yeah, to get that belt wrapped around your waist, man, after... Um, They'll both fight like point decisions, those two WBC belts. So, you know, to hear that MC announce you as a winner and to have that belt wrapped around your waist is, yeah, something, something, that feeling you will never forget. And it's what I, yeah. why I keep coming back. You Definitely. know, I just chase, forever chasing that feeling, man. And the day I get sick of it, that feeling, I'll, I'll stop, you know. Yeah. But for me right now, I'm just, I'm hungry for that feeling, you know. That's I want, awesome. I want to get back in there. I want to get that feeling again. So, that's what that, you know, obviously I want to be a world champion what goals but I love that feeling of getting my hand raised and Definitely. having all that hard work and grinding paying off so um, when you're in those fights and you're winning by a point decision you're standing there and obviously you've, you've heard what your coaches had to say yeah. each round how much of you knows that you're going to have your hand raised yeah yeah and how much is almost too in the moment of just protecting yourself and scoring those points to realise whether you're in front or not. Yeah, yeah. For like now, I've had forty fights. So when it come when that end of the bell um, of the fifth round rings, you sort of know if you've won or lost. Yeah. Obviously, if it's a lot closer fight, you're sort of not too sure. And it is hard when you're in there as well. To, um, you know, obviously it's a different view looking into the fight as opposed to being in there. Um, so sometimes if it's a bit close, you're not too sure. But for the most part, you know if you've done enough to win or to lose. Um, so, but still, until that announcer announces the winner, it's sort of like, oh, what if? Especially these days, I'm fighting interstate a lot, so it's like, you know, you'll you'll get some shows that will sort of favour the hometown boy. Yeah. Of so course. you do see that a fair bit. So there's always that in the back of your head as well. Yeah. And then if it is a bit of a closer fight, well, sometimes they they do tend to favour the hometown boy. So there is that. Definitely. So that's always in the back of your head when you're fighting away from home. Um. But yeah, for the most part, you, you, you know, deep down, like, you, you know, you, if you've been around for the sport for long enough, you know if you've done enough to win or lose. But yeah, until that announcer sort of, you know, makes a, makes the call and you get that hand raised, it's sort of, yeah, you're sort of like, yeah, wait, sort imagine. of waiting, yeah, it's sort of nerve-wracking, yeah. I can imagine. Yeah. It's, it's awesome to hear, man. I think it's, it's so hard to imagine not being inside there or not. You know, I was even the other, on Friday night, was up at the state, yeah, yeah, so watched state yeah, title. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I went backstage and watched some warm-ups, mm. watched some of the prep. Oh, it's crazy, yeah. Filmed yeah. a bit of stuff. But that'll be shown on the YouTube yeah. channel soon. Fuck, man. I, I was nervous. Oh, it's intense, man. Like, I, I was, was at a show the other week as well. And, like, it's like, people ask me, oh, you do you get nervous? Or, like, even, like, man, I get nervous. Yeah, you're right. Keep chatting. Yeah, yeah. It's like, I get nervous watching my good mates fight because it's like, you sort of it's sort of out of your control and you sort of there's not much you can sort of do whereas for me when i'm fighting 
obviously the nerves and that are still there, but it's like, it's up to you. Um, you know, you sort of, it's, it's in your hands and you've got more control. Whereas when it's your mates, it's sort of like, there's nothing you can do. Um, 100%. Yeah. But man, the, the, the vibe at the back of a fight show, it's, um, it's crazy. It's like, you got so much emotions running through, you know, and I've said, I've said this to a lot of people, like, you know, before the fight, it's a crazy time, you know, you, you're nervous, you're, you're excited, you're, you're even scared, man. Um, um, there's a lot of, there's a lot of things running through your head, you know, have I done enough in training? Um, is this going to be the night I get knocked out? All these things are running through your head, you know, you're nervous, you're excited. Um, so it's crazy times at the back, man. Yeah. Before, before a fight. Oh, I can yeah. imagine. Is yeah. there a certain point where you're warming up where it kicks in or are you sort of like that most of the night? It's sort of like, I like to be pretty chilled cause you don't, you know, you don't want to be oh, fired up like, the whole day, you know, leading into the fight. So I like to be pretty relaxed the whole day. Even, even like now because I'm on pretty late, you know, fighting main event, fighting semi main event, I'm on like pretty late at night. So even when I get to the venue, I'm still like to be pretty relaxed. And then I'll get my hand wrapped, wrapped, um, probably like an hour or so before the fight. Yep. And then I start, all right, it's time to start switching on. That's sort of like that moment where it's like, all right, this is, yeah, this is happening. When, yeah, the, when, that, when that tape goes on your hands, it's like, all right, it's time to, time to switch on. It's time to go to work. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. That's awesome. So do you have any goals? Like for you, is there, do you feel there's business opportunities with this in Muay Thai for you to use the platform you have as a fighter to, yeah. to grow within the sport, not just as a competitor, but as a name? Yeah. Like I would, like eventually I would love to, you know, have my own gym, have yep. my own fighters, my own team underneath me. And that's sort of another driving factor for me as a fighter now to, you know, to ha- take those hard fights, uh, to win as many belts as I can, uh, just to create that legacy, create that name for myself now yep. as a fighter. And then, you know, when I'm done, you know, I have all those fights behind me, but all those memories, all, all, the, all those all those belts, all those trophies on the wall. Yeah. Um, and I have that name behind me. So Definitely. when people come to my gym, hopefully one day they can, they know this is going to be a good place to train. So that's, exactly. that's a big goal. One day that's sort of right down the track. You know, right now I'm definitely 100% focused on my career and um, still building that name. But yeah, that's awesome, a dream. Man. Like hopefully one day I can sort of, look at doing yeah that's awesome yeah. now you've obviously got a bit of traditional thai ink as well yeah yeah how does yeah. that feel man oh it's um it's di- it's different yeah, yeah it's it's um it tickles <laughs> you got you got normal stuff too like i've only had i've only had the one um with the gun all my rest is traditional um sack yen so sack meaning tap to tap and then yeah, yeah. meaning tattoos so it's done with a long metal um like long metal rod with a spike on the end of yeah. it and they literally they'll stab it into you over and over. So it's um that often, would take a while too. It does, it? yeah. It, it takes a lot longer. I've like because I've asked people who've had a lot more of um with a gun, a lot yeah, and that have had some with Sakian. I always ask them because you know I've got I do have one, but it was going back a while ago. I said, does it? What's the difference? And like, oh, Sakian hurts a lot more. Yeah. yeah. So um because it does take a lot longer and it's. A lot more slower because they're stabbing like Because the gun doesn't really hurt, like yeah. especially if you're not in a super sensitive area. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like I, like for me, it's second, even like around the fo- outside of the forearm here, but it, inside of the elbow and like inner bicep. Yeah. Fucking open. Fun times, yeah. Yeah. How's yeah. the back? But you've had back done too. Yeah, a, bit, a fair bit on my back. The back wasn't too bad. Up near the top of the spine. And yeah, where it's sho- a bit bony. The shoulder blade, that was... um. 
yeah, felt that a fair bit. But um, that's all a part of that experience as well, like getting through that pain and Definitely. all a part of that that um, traditional experience as well. Is sort of you sort of got to earn it, I guess. Are the ties into that? Yeah, yeah. The yeah. T- the ties are real spiritual and real superstitious. So like we sack in a lot of the a lot of the yants to help you with um good luck and protection yep. and strength and courage. So a lot of you'll you'll see a lot of Muay Thai fighters with sack in for for that reason. Yeah. Um, so just sort of receive sack in and just to push through that pain and it's all part of that sort of experience yeah is it common to get that outside of the sport or is it more so competitive of the sport like yeah, yeah yeah like you 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 like you see um i remember a few years ago angelina jolie got a sack in sort yeah, of okay it's sort of got um sort of went, shout out to angelina she listens to the show so. yeah 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 so <laughs> so she sort of she got one a few years back and it sort of went a bit viral i suppose and it brought a lot more people more aware of Sakyan yeah. as well. Uh, so, yeah, you'll see people outside of the sport getting Sakyan because it does have a lot of different effects and, and meanings, like, um, you know, good luck and yeah. can help you, like, with your with your life and all that sort of stuff. So, is, not is just there anyone doing it here in Australia? There's a, I think there's a few tires in Australia at the moment that are practicing Sakyan. Um, and I think they're students of the masters in Thailand. Okay. So um, it just depends what you sort of if you want to get the proper proper experience. Yeah. Obviously, you need to go to Thailand. It just depends what you sort of after. Yeah. Would you ever look at living over there? In Thailand? Yeah. Oh, you know, yeah. A lot of people sort of ask me, oh, you need to get over there for a few years and all that sort of stuff. It's like, for me, being a bit heavier fighter, you know, seventy six kilos, the fights. Like in Thailand, the the main weights are like from 60, 60 kilos, mid fifties to sixty kilos. So they're a lot lighter. You can get high. It's a lot more high level guys there. As you get a bit heavier, especially in Thailand, like the standards still good, but there's just less opportunity. So like for me, I'm getting like in Australia, I'm getting I'm getting big fights, um, decent money, um, good opportunity on big yeah. shows, um, and it's pushing me along that ladder in those WBC world rankings. So for me, it's sort of like, I'm getting all these good opportunities here, good training, so it's like, there's not really that need to go to Thailand full-time. Like, I still love going there, and I still get a lot out of each time I go there, but to stay there for a long period of time, um, at this stage, I I feel like it's not, I wouldn't say it's not needed, but um, I just feel like I'm getting good opportunities here, so it's sort of like, why That's awesome, of, man. Yeah, why, 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 why do that? That's yeah. awesome. Is there anyone for you that you ins- inspires you as a as a fighter? Um, like I, I, I like to pull inspiration from you know everyone, even even like the beginners, you know, like. Um, but I like I suppose a fighter from Australia, like obviously you know John Wayne Parr, he's done a lot for not just um, fighters in Australia, but for foreigners around the world in Muay Thai. Um, he was. You know, there was guys like, you know, Ramon Deckers and Danny Buell, that foreigners that have gone and trained in Thailand. But, you know, John Wayne Parr for Australians, he was one of the first Australians that sort of, you know, did the Thailand thing, that stayed there for a long period of time. I think he was there for about four years. So, um, yeah, he sort of paved the way for Aussies in Muay Thai going to Thailand. And, you know, he's just done such, such, such a lot for putting Australian Muay Thai on the map worldwide um so he's someone that you know obviously a lot of guys in australia look up up to at the moment so yeah he's definitely one that's awesome man 
That's awesome. Yeah. It's been an absolute pleasure to have you on. It's obviously for me, this is something I really enjoy yeah, that's cool. watching and, and listening and hearing about. And I think the response off Instagram when I put up that you were coming on, a lot of people obviously locally know you yeah, quite yeah. well for what you've been able to achieve as well as in the sport. And I know a lot of people love combat sports. It's a serious interest and I think a great hobby for a lot of people now yeah. as well as a career for, for people like yourself. So it's awesome to have this chat and hopefully spread the message of that pure form of Muay Thai, which is an extremely exciting sport to yeah, watch, yeah. to obviously be involved in. And man, I hope we can continue to spread the message. Yeah, and, man. Yeah, yeah, that's yeah, like that's cool to hear. Like you got that sort of reaction on Instagram, and yeah, that's all we want. We want to help get it out there more and help build the sport, which is what I'm re- like passionate about too. I want to see Muay Thai get big and. I want us to get more opportunity and obviously more money for the fighters too. So yeah, uh, yeah I want to be a part of that. And yeah, again, I appreciate giving us the opportunity to come on and, Not a problem and have at a all, chat man. and yeah, giving us this platform. So um, yeah, man, it's been awesome. Where can the listeners and, and onlookers find you? Yeah, so I'm, I'm on Instagram. Um, you just type in my name, David Penipede, David, David underscore Crop um, my gym name. So yeah, you can find us on there. I'm on Facebook. So, yeah, jump on, give us a follow and um, Very nice. see what we're up to. And the yeah. Perth show, when's that again? So, that's on May 23rd. So, um, yeah, big fight. WBC Australian titles. So um, Awesome. For me, I'm number four ranked in the world. I'm fighting the number three guy ranked in the world. So, awesome the, winner, the winner of this fight is going to be sort of taking that next step um, towards that world title shot. So, yeah, it's... Um, Back end of the years, looking looking good really to hear, looking, man. looking really good. Good to so. hear, man. I'm proud yeah. to see someone from Wollongong doing so well. Yeah, that's cool, it's cool, man. It's an absolute pleasure yeah, to have you I on, brother. I appreciate it. I appreciate it, man. And yeah, definitely. Everyone, please go check out David's Insta. Follow him along on the journey. And if you're in Perth or are you heading that way mid year, get over to the um to the stadium and watch the WC. Definitely, definitely. Legend. All right, man. Appreciate it, man. Awesome.